you wanted the best, you've got the best podcast. The hottest, hottest. podcast in the world. In the world. The Chris Voss Show, the preeminent podcast with guests so smart you may experience serious brain bleed. The CEOs, authors, thought leaders, visionaries, and motivators. Get ready, get ready. Strap yourself in. Keep your hands, arms, and legs inside the vehicle at all times because you're about to go on a monster education roller coaster with your brain. Now, here's your host. Chris Voss. Hi, folks. It's Voss here from thechrisvossshow.com. The Chris Voss Show. Welcome to the big show, my family and friends. We certainly appreciate it. Remember, the Chris Voss Show is the family that loves you but doesn't judge you, at least not as harshly as your mother-in-law. <laughs> there you go. So uh, welcome to the show, my friends. We're going to be talking about some interesting things today. Yesterday, uh, the Federal Reserve for the United States uh, took its, I believe it's its fifth or seventh, one, two, three, four, five, uh, it's seventh increase in the federal funds rates. And the reason, or I'm sorry, it's fifth, but it feels like seven because in two or three of the basis points they've done, they've made extra jumps. So that's why it kind of seems a little much to me. I used to own a mortgage company back in the day, and I can remember doing mortgages for 9%. So uh, this is familiar territory for me uh, with seeing the federal funds rate go through the roof. We're going to talk about gold, where to invest, where some places to uh, put your money in safe havens uh, which are historically uh, smart places to put your money during recessions or coming recessions or in times like this where uh, the stock market may turn kind of bullish and uh, things get better we have an amazing uh, money manager on this show today and he's gonna be talking to us about his book that you can check out as well called investing in a recession time to think about gold he's uh, recently updated it simon j Popol is on the show with us today, and he's been talking about uh, his work at Brookville Capital and his book that you should probably check out. I'd highly recommend it considering what's going on in the market because these are times, you know, historically I trained as a stockbroker when I was, uh, I think, about 20 and uh, learned stockbroking, day to day trading, uh, things of that nature. Gold has always been a bulwark, a full place to go when things go interesting in the recession. Uh, Simon is considered by many to be an expert and investing in the gold market. He's recently written the Investing in Recession book we'll talk about today. It's a beginner's guide in investing in the sector of gold. It covers not only traditional routes, such as buying physical gold, but also his bridge, that's a B-R-I-D-G-E system, for looking at the gold miners. He's helping people who have never invested in the sector before get a better understanding of how he, as a professional investor, goes about it. Welcome to the show, Simon. How are you? I'm very good. Thank, thanks for having me. Great to be here. Thanks for coming, Simon. And this is very topical considering the Fed, you know, yesterday just jacked up the rate again. And it feels like I said, it's, it, they've done quite a few uh, large jumps. I think half points to three quarter points, if I recall correctly. Um, so give us your dot coms. Where do you want people to order your book up and, uh, and, and look you up on the Internet to know you better? Okay, well, I mean, I, I think the important thing is, you know, take a look at uh, BrookvilleCapital.com. That's my website. That's where I kind of, that's where the journey starts. Um, if you think the goal could be for you, then uh, as you mentioned earlier, you know, I've got a book out. But uh, even if you don't buy the book, I'd really suggest you kind of dig a bit deeper and find out more about the gold market. There you go. Uh, give us an overview of what you do at Brookville Capital. Well, I mean, the, the business, funnily enough, started off uh, way back in 2008. I used to, um, I was the youngest 
director of, of one of the world's largest private property companies. And um, prior to that, I was head of investment management at another property business. And prior to that, I worked in the city. But um, initially, I kind of set it up as a capital raising business. But um, I, I invested some of my own money and I caught the eye of Money Week, which is a UK publication, and then um, Agora Financial, which is a, one of the world's largest newsletter businesses. Um, uh, sort of caught my, well, I caught their eye. And uh, they basically, you know, both wanted me to write newsletters for them and tell them about what I'm investing in. And um, as part of that, I used to, you know, have phone calls with with, with, with some of my subscribers. And uh, if I'm honest, I wasn't massively impressed with their knowledge about investing. Mm. So that, that kind of took me on to, to writing this book, which is really trying to help people get started investing in the gold sector and realize that, you know, the gold sector is actually a very broad sector. It's not just about, you know, one gold company. So, um, uh, you know, that's, that's the whole purpose of the book. There you go. Now, do you manage people's money there at the, at, at the, uh, uh, to be honest, I, 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 a lot of people have asked me to, but I don't, mm-hmm. uh, I don't, I don't want to manage their money. You know, the, the whole idea here is that you, um, you, if you, if you're capable about making money, you're capable of managing your own money as far as I'm concerned. There you go. There you go. I've done day trading. It's, I mean, it's not that, it's not that hard. Uh, buy low, sell high. Um, <laughs> you know, that's sort of <laughs> uh, so a lot of common sense. There you go. There you go. And like I said, I was trained as a stockbroker uh, back uh, around Black Monday days. Uh, if anybody remembers the crash of Black Monday, um, uh, I think that was the nineties, uh, and it was a horrible time to decide to become a stockbroker. So that's probably why I went on to other things. But uh, it actually was a good time in hindsight, uh, considering it was such a bottom that everything was up from there. Um, but uh, gold has always been a safety a safe haven, a bulwark against recessions, a bulwark against depressions. It's also something people buy when, when um, you know, they're, they're kind of worried about, you know, a lot of money is based upon, uh, and you, you may be able to speak to this if you want to take over uh, this, but normally gold is, is seen as a bulwark against, you know, most, most money is printed on behalf of the guarantees of a government. And, you know, there's speculation sometimes that governments might fall. And uh, that would make most of their money worthless or they come into some sort of monetary crisis. So gold has always been the thing that, you know, anywhere in the world, you can probably get people to accept gold. Am I correct? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, one of the things I love about gold is you can't print it. And um, uh, gold is one of the few assets that is viewed as valuable anywhere in the world. You know, you can cut a gold bar in half and, you know, it's still worth the same. You can't do the same with a diamond. Um, or, or a dollar bill if you cut it in half i think it loses some of its value with the fact exactly exactly and so you know what i love about gold is you know it's currency agnostic as well you know uh, obviously it's pricing in dollars but you know if you have a bar of, of gold and you know there's a problem with pound sterling the us dollars or whatever the currency is um you can always um you know you buy it perhaps in that currency but then you you can sell it in whatever currency you want and um I think that's, you know, that's particularly attractive, you know, especially as a lot of people have got a lot of their money tied up in their property or perhaps they've got other properties as well or other assets, you know, they're all denominated in in a certain currency. Mm-hmm. So I think there's not only a, a bit of uh, commodity exposure, but I think there's also a bit of currency exposure, which, you know, I quite like. There you go. And as of, I believe this is today, today alone gold is up 
uh, let's see. Uh, I'm not sure if this is no. This is an all-time high. Um, so uh, it it is going up on a regular basis. It's up forty-seven dollars and eighty cents today, uh, and that's in in response to the Federal Reserve uh, yesterday making another increase in rate. But you can see if you look at the graphs right now, it bottomed out sometime in 2016. We were kind of uh, coming back from the recession of the 2000. Uh, eights and uh it is it was bottomed down in 2016 looks like about 1056 it's now standing at 2000 1530 and that's live number as of this time and you can see that in the most recent months since 2020 uh probably the beginning of the uh, crisis with the covid there's been a flight to gold and it's now uh in a in a resurgence so people are definitely flooding back into gold with what's going on with the Federal Reserve, the markets, and everything else. Um, your your book uh, helps beginners understand what gold is about. Let's uh, give an overview or touch on some of that and why that's important. Yeah, well, I, I, I think that um, a lot of people, when they when they invest in a new sector, they think, oh, I'll just get some an ETF or I'll just buy a gold company or get some physical gold, whatever it is. Um, and don't get me wrong, nothing wrong with any of those. But but what I like people to do is to um, have some diversification. So, um, you know, what I do in terms of mining stocks, I talk about a fantasy football team. And in, in terms of soccer, um, that's, you know, goalkeepers, defenders, midfielders and forwards. Hmm. Um, you could have a similar concept with American football. Um, but the whole idea is uh, for a strategy to work, for a team to work, you need mm-hmm. players in all the positions. Yeah. And, you know, whilst it's exciting to have, uh, you know, the, the people who get the touchdowns or the forwards to get the goals, um, you need other players uh, in your strategy to to make it win. And, you know, basically what you want is a winning investment. You want a winning team. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so, you know, what I try and do is I try and help people um, do that and, and and try and explain to them differences between uh, gold companies and um, I think for a lot of people that's that's pretty important because they just think a gold company is a gold company and they don't really understand the nuances of them. There you go. There you go. Um, you, you know, how much of a portfolio should people be putting in gold, or what percentage of their portfolio should they be putting in gold now? Well, it really depends on, you know, so many factors, your appetite for risk, your age, mm-hmm. um, you know, how you want to get involved. Um, but, you know, I, my view is you should have some. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people have got none. And our goal has been around for thousands of years. And, uh, you know, that's why I've written the book saying you've got to look at it. And mm-hmm. I really think people should at least look at it. If for some reason they don't want to do it, you know, that's their own choice. But I think they should look at it. And, um, uh, you know, personally, I have a lot, but but uh, I don't just have gold. I've got silver, uranium, cobalt, uh, nickel, copper. I've got lots of other commodities as well. Mm-hmm. But I, I view gold as my kind of anchor, anchor metal. It definitely is something that's in demand. I mean, this is what countries do. If you've ever watched a video on the Federal Reserve and how countries will send all their gold to the Federal Reserve and they put it in the basement. Uh, and, uh, uh, you know, it, it's it's something that is the bulwark against uh, everything. And uh, the gold standard, of course, people talk about that when Nixon took us off the gold standard, but they kind of had to the way they were printing money for stuff in the Vietnam War. Uh, and, and more since, I should add. 
but uh, the the inflationary value of of prices and uh, money and you know it seems like as it, the U.S. government. I mean, you can be on either side of it. I'm not saying it's good or bad, but um, you know they printed a lot of money, especially over like terms of COVID to balance the economy. And there's lots of game playing that the Federal Reserve does to balance you know inflation and, and different things. And so gold has always been a way to do it. Um, so do you recommend just buying gold itself or what about gold mining stocks? I heard you mention that. Well, I, I, I like to have a bit of everything. I mean, I going back to my football analogy, I, I view physical metal as, as the kind of stadium. Mm -hmm. And then the really large multinational companies as my goalkeepers. Mm -hmm. um, and then sort of large producers as defenders and then new new to production or about to get into production would be midfielders and the out and out explorers in my forwards. And, you know, as I said earlier, I like to have a bit of, a bit of everything. And um, if you've got a low appetite for risk, then you probably want to have more of your kind of stadium goalkeepers defenders. If you've got a higher appetite, you probably want a more attacking formation, more forwards. But I think the basic premise is, you know, you've got to have a bit of everything. Um, and, what percentages you have is is really down to you and you know, any financial advice you get. But um, I think that uh, uh, this is one of the big pre, you know misconceptions that you know people go, oh, I've got a bit of gold, and um, that's you know that's part of the jigsaw, but it's not the whole jigsaw. There you go. So should you invest in physical gold, have it shipped to your house, or should you invest in a fund that invests in gold? What, what's the uh, what's the proper way that you recommend? Well, that's one of the big misconceptions about physical gold. I mean, uh, do I invest in physical gold? Yes, I do. Do I take delivery of it? Absolutely not. You know, um, I have it uh, stored and insured by people who know what they're doing. And, um, uh, you know, so, yes, you can have exposure to physical gold, but you don't have to take delivery. You can have it properly insured. Um, yes, I've got exposure to mining companies um, and you know, if you get it right, they can be ridiculous returns. I mean, I've got a company called Chalice, which went up over 65 times. Wow. Um, but, you know, that is the exception. And mm -hmm. so I think, you know, one of the things you need to do is to have a, a diversified portfolio, you know, bits of money in, uh, you know, different areas. And, um, uh, you know, that's your strategy for, in, in my case, it's not just gold. I've got lots of other commodities, but but I think that um, you, know, you could certainly do that for gold if you wanted to. Um, and um, yeah, you know, there's potential not just to protect your money, but also make a lot of money. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's something that uh, you know we're we're going through this trough. Everybody expects a deep recession. There's lots of layoffs going on here in America. I'm not sure. I think you're on the other side of the world, across the pond there, as they say. Um, I I don't know if you guys are experiencing the same sort of layoffs we are, but it, it yeah, we're, like we're getting layoffs as well. You know, it's it's pretty ugly. Mm -hmm. And it seems like a lot of companies are reading the tea leaves, at least what they think are the tea leaves that, you know, we're moving to recession. The Fed, the Fed, if you understand M1 and M2 money policy and, and how they operate, uh, I always it's always interesting to see the, the amateur comment, uh, commentary on like TikTok and social media. And you're like, have you ever read about monetary policy? Do you 
understand how it works, but it is designed to slow an economy, to cool pricing, to cool inflation. Unfortunately, one of the factors that come out of that is people being laid off and, and, and things going on. And, and sometimes the trough of a recession can be, uh, it can be sometimes very short term, but usually it, it's extended for quite some time. And uh, what, do you have any predictions that you'd like to make on maybe what the price of gold could go to? Um, I come from a background where it wasn't ever supposed to go over 800 and it's currently riding at 2000 plus. Well, you know, what do I, know? I, I, I think it's, you know, it's 2000 plus And if I'm honest, I don't think we've even kind of started the bad times yet. I mean, wow. there's, there's, uh, so here in the UK, uh, we tend to have fixed mortgages, um, mm. and you two, five, 10 year, but I think quite a lot of people on five year mortgages. Now, if interest rates are going up and you're only, you know, a year, two, three years into your, your fixed mortgage, you know, it doesn't really impact you or the market because interest rates are going up, you're kind of like shrug your shoulders and go, well, not happy about that, but hopefully they'll come down in the next few years. Um, but those people who've got to refinance, you know, they could be, interest rates could be double, treble what they were when they first bought their house. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if they struggle to buy their house, with interest rates as they were then, um, they're going to really struggle or probably really struggle um, to refinance. And um, I think that you know, that all takes time. So all these interest rates going up, um, I think is horrible. But when people have to refinance, it's going to be even worse. And um, I think there's a, there's a lag, you know, and I, I think it could be over the next couple of years that some of the, um, the real pain of these interest rate rises now um, are actually borne out. So uh, even though there's some stuff happening now, if interest rates don't come down and they continue to go up, and we had inflation out today at north of 10% here in the UK. Wow. So um, you know, I can't see them coming down anytime soon. Yeah, I, and, and they usually won't. Uh, usually there's a length of time into the trough of the recession that the Federal Reserve will see that it's achieved its its correction, and then it will start to slowly unwind that. But even then, it's a slow unwind. It doesn't just come out and go, oh, yeah, we're taking all that stuff back. We did over you know five, seven steps or how many basis points they did of a quarter percent. Because um, I know at one point, I think one, one movement was 0.75. Um, and they, in most people's opinions, uh, that are in the know, uh, they were really behind on starting that, uh, increase to the fed rate and now they're playing catch up and which means we're going to go through a much deeper trough than what we went through. Uh, owning a mortgage company for 20 years, I, you know, I used to live betting on betting millions of dollars of a portfolio on what Alan Greenspan uh, had for breakfast every morning um <clears throat> so i live i've lived through that and seen the reaction i've sold mortgages at nine percent interest rates um you know there was a time where it got that high it was crazy yeah, in the well, 90s we, we've had at least that in the uk probably double digits and mm-hmm. um you know if you can afford double digits you know that's that's fine yeah but i think with house prices going up as much <laughs> as they have done um Double-digit mortgages are going to really, really hurt a lot of people. And if we're honest, I think a lot of people, you know, can't afford them. And um, uh, I bought my first flat in about 1994, and I bought it off, uh, you know, someone who was involved in the property crash in '87. And 
even back then it took what seven years mm. um oh actually no more than that eight, eight eight nine years for them to get out of negative equity and i think if, if we have another crash now it could take even longer Definitely. so um yeah i i think there could be some you know some pretty tough tough days ahead and people need to have bulwarks for this because number one, like I said, layoffs. Uh, number two, your credit card interest rates. America is big on credit cards; uh, those are going to go up and through the roof. And uh, you know, already you know, we've seen wages go up here in the U.S., but even then, you know, the the price of stuff has gone through the roof. And uh, I mean, recently we had this whole thing with eggs, where eggs were end up, you know, double, triple, I think, quadrupling in price. And, uh, in fact, they were running out in different, there was like a run on eggs, which is, you know, weird uh, considering what went through with the, the thing, uh, with the COVID crisis. And we're, we're still dealing with the fallout of that. We're still dealing with supply chain issues and everything else. Um, and so you, you don't recommend that people buy gold and take delivery of it and like keep it under their mattress, basically. No, no, not at all. I mean, <laughs> I think I, I know some people that are doing that actually. No, you know, you, you sh- I think, you know, find a reputable dealer, get them to, it's a bit like buying fine wine, to be honest. You know, if, if you buy it through a reputable dealer and you store it and insure it with them, uh, it's never left their premises. So, um, you know, certainly here in the UK, I'm not sure what it's like in the US, but, but, mm-hmm. you know, I can sell my gold back to, you know, whoever I bought it from. And you know, there's a, there's a, you know, you, you pay a slight premium when you buy it, and you sell it at a slight discount. And obviously, you've got storage costs and insurance costs as well. But um, you know, providing it's moved a little bit, you know, you, you at least wash your face. And yeah. I think that's quite an important point because you know, I, I think on the one hand, gold is a, is an investment, but you can also think of it as a form of insurance as well. Mm. And you know, in in these in these difficult times. Um, you know, if you buy some, if it goes up in uh, in, in in value, um, then you're, um, you know, you're in a much better space, and um, it may be just hang on to it as a form of insurance. You know, and if it goes up a lot, you know, great. But if it doesn't go up, you're not really that bothered because you know you view it as insurance. And mm-hmm. um, at the end of the day, if the wall of worry disappears. Um, you know, you can uh, you can just basically um, sell it back to whoever you got it from, and it's never left their premises. They've got no reason to believe, um, you know, it's anything but you know what you say it is. Yeah, and and it's, and I think it has less of a crash up and down. You know, right now we're going through this weird banking crisis in America. I don't know if it's spilt over to your end of the world yet, but it likely will. Yeah, and, no, look, yeah. <laughs> It's, and it's, a, it's a weird, it's a weird crisis. And, you know, there's people pulling their money out of banks. I don't recommend that you maybe pull money out of a healthy bank because you'll help it be unhealthy and and contribute to the problem. But it's your money. I mean, you do what you want to do. I'm, I'm not giving investment advice at all. Uh, but, you know, we've seen people that are pulling their money out of uh, regional banks and smaller banks and putting them into the big top banks, which, Seems a little crazy to me, in my opinion, because you know we went through the too big to fail 2008 Lehman Brothers meltdown, and Lehman Brothers was seen as a very solid bank. Um, and so there's that. You know, we're kind of going through this banking crisis. Where you know, where do you put your money? Do you leave it in the bank? Do you do you put it into a fund? Do you put it into something else that's uh, got a guarantee to it? And uh, so a lot of 
questionable things going on right now. And where a bank can turn upside down in a very short time, we saw two or three go bad here within the last week, I think maybe four or five actually, um, that have been in trouble. Um, you know, buying gold, you know, is going to be a bulwark and it's not going to have that huge thing where one day it'll just be like, yeah, we're filing bankruptcy today, like FTX or some of these other crazy crypto exchanges. You've seen that one day they're, they seem to be solid in the billions of value. And then all of a sudden they're out of business overnight. You can't get your funds out. Um, you know, gold is one of those things that isn't going to have a huge crash to it is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. I mean, one of the things I like about gold, to be honest, is you've got an all in sustainable cost of about, um, uh, Newmont, I think, are around, you know, one of the biggest players in the world, if not the biggest player in the world, around 1,200. And that's, uh, give or take 100, it's not a bad average to think about. And so um, if gold goes below, so let, let's let's say 1,200 just to for the sake of this example, mm-hmm. um, then you'll probably find quite a lot of companies can't produce a profit, so they mothball it. And therefore, your supply goes down significantly, and therefore, logically, your price should go up. And mm-hmm. I think that, um, you know, if let's say the price is 2000 now, um, and you've got to, let's describe it as a soft floor at 1200 mm-hmm. um, you, you know, there's an 800 loss uh, on, on the price. But I think the upside is unlimited. So, um and, you know, personally, I don't think it's going to go down anything like that amount. But, but you know, if you want to just follow a bit of logic, that's, that, that's you know, potentially what could happen. Um, and so um, I quite like the idea of, of uh, you know, some sort of floor and uh, unlimited upside. So, um, you know, I do like it as an asset class. And I think, you know, the other thing to think about is, you know, commodities in general, um, the U.S. is very keen to secure its own supply of, uh, you know, a lot of different commodities, and um, so, uh, you know, whilst I think gold is is very important, it's not all about gold. I think uh, if you've got uh, exposure to some other commodities, especially if uh, you know the the resources in Canada or the U.S. or South America or Australia, wherever it is. Um, you know that that's that's not a bad thing to to to, to invest it in. Mm-hmm. So gold sounds like operates a little bit like uh, oil. When when prices of oil fall to a certain point, they they slow or stop production, huh? Because the value of producing it isn't quite as much, and so that that affects supply and demand, and by squinches squinches supply. So it makes it so that uh, the value go back up again. Is that true? I, I think, yeah. I mean, I think oil, it, it, on that uh, analysis, yes, I wouldn't disagree with it. I mean, I think oil is probably, you know, if the world's doing well, uh, it needs a lot of power and energy, and therefore oil is, you know, is important. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, in terms of, you know, cost of production, you know, people aren't going to make or, or extract and process oil or extract and process gold unless they're making money doing it. And wow. um, so uh, if they're losing money, um, they may be able to afford to lose money for a relatively short period of time. But after a while, they're likely to stop and uh, wait for the price to come back. And if enough of them stop, uh, there's a good chance the price could come back. Definitely. 
Definitely. Yeah, it's, if you look at gold historically over its time, I mean, it, it holds its value. It does go, you know, we went through a great bull run here, uh, probably an unprecedented bull run of all time, uh, coming back uh, from, you know, COVID and, and then before that, coming back from the 2008 recession. It was, it was a long drive back. Um, but other than that, I mean, it's, you know, this is the, some, the thing that company or countries build their uh, wealth on and base their um, uh their money on et cetera, et cetera. and uh gold is like you said it's not it's it's not like uh you know if you have a dollar uh, a dollar bill printed by the u.s government or maybe something in a in, in a country that's maybe more unstable than us <laughs> um you know the value of that can drop to zero you know you've seen india do things with their monetary system and, and their money where they've said you know this bill is now worthless and here's the new bill that you have to have and uh you know overnight you know printed money can go bad but gold is something you could sell anywhere in the world probably in a crisis or situation or or wielded during if we have a, a, a total of you know, catastrophe. There's lots of people that predict catastrophes of economic markets, governments, and, you know, of course, the you know, zombie apocalypse uh, might have, you know, gold might be helpful in <laughs> zombie apocalypse if you believe in that sort of thing. But having some fun with it. Uh, anything, what else have we touched on about uh, that's in your book that you talk about? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I think that um, gold, it, I don't think anything is bulletproof from an inflation perspective or market crash perspective, but mm. gold has, um, uh, has performed better than a lot of asset classes in difficult times. Mm. And um, so, you know, that's one of the reasons why I'd urge people to look at it because um, I think that, uh, you know, as well as looking at it from an investment perspective, you know, as, as I said earlier, I think an insurance perspective also makes sense. And, um, you know, as you rightly point out, you know, governments uh, are standing behind fiat currencies, which is which is great. But uh, you know, if they print too much of it, um, then there's always a risk the public lose confidence. And if they do, um, you know, they'll probably look for something which they've got more confidence in. And um, because you can't print gold and other commodities for that matter. I think commodities could have, um, you know, quite a decent run. Yeah. And, and this, this could be a long trough that we're in for. If you look at the federal reserve rate funds rates, if you look at, uh, recession data and, uh, taming inflation, everything else, these troughs can go for a very long time and, uh, stock markets can fall. You can go into full bull markets. Uh, we're already seeing a lot of corrections. Like I say, I mean, even the banks are struggling now with some of their investments and things they've done. Silicon Valley has slowed down quite a bit. Uh, anything more you want to touch on before we go out? No, look, I, 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 I just, I think it's so important people look at it. I really do. And um, uh, it, it's one of those things that people quite often go, well, you know, I've, I've always looked at bonds and property and, and equities. Um, I, I'm not here to say you shouldn't look at those. All I'm saying is you should add gold to that list um, mm. and, um, and 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 really think about having some in your portfolio. Definitely, definitely. And so they can order the book on your website. Uh, and uh, and I think you put out a newsletter, it looks like, uh, every fortnight or so. Yeah, what it is, it's uh, that that's really, once people have read the book, if they, if they kind of want um, me to hold their hand, 
uh, after they read the book, then uh, I, I write a newsletter every fortnight and uh, you know, I've got people signed up to that. And really what I'm trying to do is, is, is re-emphasize a lot of the stuff that's in the book, but also uh, you know, keep them more up to date on what's going on in the world, what I think is relevant, and um, really kind of help them on the journey to, uh, to invest in, in gold. There you go. All right. So give us your.com so people can find you on the interwebs and order the book. Yeah. Well, the, uh, if you, if you go to brookvillecapital.com, so that's www.brookvillecapital.com, which is B R double O K V for Victor I double L E capital.com. Um, there's a whole lot of stuff on gold there. So you have a look at that, which hope, hopefully you'll find useful. And then if, if you think the book's for you, then you can buy the book or the newsletter. Um, Personally, I'd suggest you, you know, you start off with a book and then read that. And then um, if you want to get involved in the newsletter, that's great. But um, uh, the, the whole idea of the book is, is is to get, you know, to get you started. It's a beginner's guide. So, um, you know, kick off with that and see how you get on. There you go. There you go. Order up the book. Uh, you can get it off his website and uh, find out more about gold investing and, of course, learn more about the thing. I, You know, there's there's a lot of speculation as to where we're going, how deep this recession might go. We might bounce back very quickly. It might be a long trough. Usually, you know, the Fed's not going to pull back the Federal Reserve rate and lower it until they see that they're they're deep into recovery and that prices are coming down. And, you know, after going through the run that we've had with the bull market, with crazy housing prices here in America, uh, crazy car prices, I mean, we're already seeing, you know, a lot of things. I'm seeing stuff in the car markets where uh, they, you know, a lot of uh, dealers are sitting on this giant inventory of cars that they can't sell anymore because people either can't afford to pay the prices because of interest rates uh, going up from borrowing from the Fed or from uh, uh, just this, the, the supply and demand. Everything revolves around supply and demand. And I think that's the beauty of gold is, is there's not a lot of it. It's a rare item. So there you go. Uh, thank you very much, Simon, for coming on the show and educating our audience today. That was great, and I really enjoyed it. Thank you very much. There you go. Thank you. And thanks, Mons, for tuning in. As always, subscribe to the big uh, LinkedIn newsletter. The thing is killing it over there. It's growing pretty rapidly. And uh, what's fun now is LinkedIn finally made it so that the newsletter goes out to everybody on LinkedIn. It doesn't matter if you're connected to me or not. The Chris Fox Show also has one over there as well. You'll see this on. And to follow the big LinkedIn group as well, uh, go to goodreads.com for chess Chris Foss, youtube.com for chess Chris Foss. For the Shreer family, friends, give us a five-star review on iTunes. We certainly appreciate that. Thanks for tuning in. Be good to each other, stay safe, and we'll see you guys next time. And that's Chef.